Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, and welcome to Backchat, our sister programme to the backstory. I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Coulson. This is our regular slot where we talk about the most recent episode of The Backstory. It's what we think, what you think, and quite a lot of going off topic. So today we're kicking off Season 3, Episode 1, which is the first of a two-part backstory, a targeted assault Sheila story. Susie, you met with Sheila. Can you just recap what we've heard so far? Yeah, so Sheila's 70 now and she was raped when she was 62 at a garden party. Um, She was there with Jim, her partner, and the party was at the house of a relative of his who we're calling Bob. Yes, because we're going to use pseudonyms throughout this story. Yeah, they were staying overnight, so Sheila had a nap when they got there. Because she'd been at work all day. Yeah, she had. So then at the party, Jim was pretty out of it. Um, And he was put into bed. So basically, Sheila ended up kind of down at the party by herself um, and started talking with a bloke called Colin, who sort of tried it on, but Sheila rebuffed him. And then the party wound up and people headed off or crashed out elsewhere. And it was just Bob, Colin and Sheila. And that's when the rape happened. And then afterwards, Sheila went upstairs. Jim was still kind of out of it asleep in bed and she had a pretty dreadful night she was in a lot of pain Uh, and then the next day they had to get up early and head off to an event that they were due to attend and during all of this time Sheila didn't tell Jim no she she didn't I think she was just in complete shock and didn't feel that she could tell anyone Um, she got through the day at this event and then they headed back sort of did the long drive back to where they live Yeah, and they didn't live together. No, Jim, so they got back, Jim headed home and then Sheila kind of had a night by herself and then spent the next day looking after her granddaughter. Yes, and then that evening she called Bridget, who we heard from. She was the one who said, who first said, you've been raped. Um, She sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's lovely. She's absolutely brilliant. I can completely see why Sheila told her. I think they're very close. So she, I think, kind of dropped everything and came round and kind of did some online searching, found out about the Sexual Assault Referral Centre, or SARC, 
And then they went there together and Sheila had all sorts of evidence taken, as we heard. So her clothes from the attack were bagged. Uh, she had swabs taken. Her injuries were noted. Uh, she was interviewed. And I think that interview was recorded. So basically they took all the evidence they could. Yeah. So she, there's no pressure to report the rape to the police, but all of the evidence was collected and was there. And actually what happened was that Sheila decided very quickly that she did want to report it. So that's where we end episode one. Yeah, and usually I'm not allowed to do a praised version of the episode, but I'll let you get away with that one. (laughs) And we'll pick up next week with what happens when she reports it. Susie, this was an incredibly hard episode to listen to. Yeah, I know it was. Um, And I think you and I thought very hard about what we should include and what should be edited out. And I'm not even sure that we got the right balance. I don't know, but it was definitely a hard listen. I think my reason for including some of the details in there was to kind of convey the horror of what Sheila was subjected to. And sometimes when we just hear that someone's been raped, it's kind of easier to not quite take in you know, the reality of what that actually means and what a massive violation it is. Yeah, there's nothing like explicitly graphic in there, but it does feel very uncomfortable. And Sheila talked about how it wasn't just the physical assault that was so damaging, but also what was said to her. Yeah, She called it verbal rape. And I think the things Bob said during the assault all formed part of that control that he was exerting. Okay, I'm going to find the positive in this. Bridget. She was amazing, wasn't she? She did that thing friends do in that she was busy when Sheila called, but it sounds as though she just put everything aside and listened. Yeah, definitely. She said, I'm listening. And that was when Sheila told her everything. And she was the one who identified it as rape and found out about the support from the Sark. So she was clearly an enormous help. (laughs) Are you doing a smooth segue into our three things we've learned? I think I am. (laughs) Um... For me, one of the biggest things was that Sheila's experience really challenged the stereotype of who gets raped um, because she's older. Yeah. Um, and I think it's not just been us that has been shocked by mm. that experience. And like a lot of listeners have kind of been in touch and said how shocking they found that. I don't know why it's more shocking. And, and I guess it shouldn't be because it's shocking whoever it happens to. But it just, yeah, it really, it really takes you aback, doesn't it? One of the things that kind of really struck home to me that I'd never thought about before was when Sheila stated that rape is the second most serious offence to murder. And I know she talked about how during the attack she thought that she might die. And again, that just really brought home to me, you know, kind of the enormity of it and and what a huge violation it is. It's, it's something about that phrase that she used that I just found particularly moving. Yeah, definitely. So the final point for me was that Sheila described herself as being targeted and we used that word in the title. It sounds as though the men who raped her, they just worked together to make sure that she kept drinking, talking Mm. up her glass and that she didn't go to bed. Mm. Um, We'd heard of targeting in terms of like slipping something into someone's drink, but the behaviour of Bob and Colin indicated like real calculation and coordination and that was kind of confirmed by what they she overheard them saying afterwards after yeah as she was going up the stairs that's right I know I found that particularly chilling so we didn't really know about the sexual assault referral centers before or socks as they're known Mm. um but I think it's that capacity to be able to have evidence taken so that it's there it's safe 
and then you can decide whether or not to report. It's very much a separate place from the police station. Yeah, and I think it's a more comfortable environment and more sort of, you know, less police station-y. Right, yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> um, and I suppose it's a way of getting around the issue of when people aren't sure whether they want to report. And let's face it, lots of people don't. Mm. And then because they don't report, the evidence isn't gathered at the very earliest opportunity. Um, so I'd really love to know, like, what impact they're having. Yeah, me too, definitely. I guess the hope is that over time they're going to encourage more people to report and allow for that evidence to be gathered at an earlier stage. Um, yeah, do you think things are getting better overall? Uh, what do you mean? So I suppose, like, more reporting, that would be one good measure. And, you know, just whether people who do report have a you know, better experience of reporting. Because we used to hear, didn't we? I'd, we used to kind of have this idea that, that the, you know, reporting rape in itself was kind of a traumatic experience. So just whether that whole experience of reporting it is, yeah. is more positive. I generally think they are, although there's a long way to go. There has been an increase in reported rapes um, over the last few years, but the percentage of convictions is still like down. Um, and is very low so I wonder whether a lot of those you know in terms of the increase in reporting though I wonder how many of those are historical you know kind yeah. of post Savile and post Weinstein and so on whether a lot of those are historic so I guess the measure would be where's the conviction rate of, of rapes that are reported sort of fairly quickly I think yeah. that would be interesting to look yeah, at yeah and that would probably give a better impression yeah of what absolutely what, yeah what impact SARCs are having another area that I think has improved um is the teaching of consent in schools like definitely I remember you telling me about your eldest child yeah yeah she's at high school and they've had the um the cup of tea analogy which I think you've probably heard already have you yes I think you might have told me this before yeah <laughs> So, so there are kind of various, well, I think there's a slightly more explicit version and there's one that's a bit more suited to young people. So I'm going to use the latter. Mm, you in my mode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, apologies if you've heard this already, but I, I really do like this. So you say, hey, would you like a cup of tea? And they go, oh my God, yes, I would love a cup of tea. Thank you. And then you know that they want a cup of tea. Okay, so if you say, hey, would you like a cup of tea? And they um and ah and say, I'm not really sure. Then you can make them a cup of tea or not. But be aware that they might not drink it. And if they don't drink it, then this is the important bit. Don't make them drink it. You can't blame them for going to the effort of making the tea on the off chance they wanted it. You just have to deal with them not drinking it. Just because you made it doesn't mean you're entitled to watch them drink it. And then if they say no, thank you, then just don't make them tea at all. Don't make them tea. Don't make them drink tea. Don't get annoyed at them for not wanting tea. They just don't want tea, okay? Are we going to carry on with all of these, do you think? It's quite long, isn't it? Shall we? I think people are probably getting the idea. Now. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, anyway, it basically moves on and there's like various different levels. But essentially it says they're unconscious. Don't make them tea unconscious people don't want tea and can't ask the question do you want tea because they're unconscious absolutely and then kind of moving on a bit more if someone said yes to tea around your house last saturday that doesn't mean that they want you to make them tea all the time they don't want you to come around unexpectedly to their place and make them tea and force them to drink it saying but you wanted tea last week 
or to wake up to find you pouring tea down their throat, but you wanted tea last night. So I think kind of people are getting yeah. <laughs> getting the gist. We're getting when the gist you thing. want tea, then, you know, that tea is good, but, you know, only when you want tea. I just really like that. I just think it's incredibly effective. And, you know, my daughter, who's my oldest daughter, who's 15, you know, it's a brilliant she, British way of teaching. It is. Consent, isn't it? <laughs> it is about as, yeah, either that or maybe a queuing analogy might have yeah. worked. But yeah, I thought, I think it's great. So um, well done to, I think it was Thames Valley Police that developed that. Right. So yeah, really yep. good. Good idea. Should we talk about our recommended podcasts? Have you got one for us, Claire? I have. It's actually for the kids. It's called The Muds and it's a children's story podcast. So it's okay. really cool because we've, you know, we've scratched all the worst witch CDs all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we're ready for something that I can just put on the, for the telephone, you know, from my phone in the car. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're slowly making our way, we're going to make our way through The Muds, which okay. is really cool. Okay, brilliant. Mine is Anger Management with Nick Clegg. Um, having interviewed Norman Lamb, a few weeks ago so kind of good to see Nick Clegg um, making a podcast and it looks brilliant actually and I've listened to a couple of them it's basically him kind of looking at so so his first interview is with Nigel Farage um, and then I think the second one is with George Osborne and it's just kind of looking at the role of anger in Mm. society and whether it were all getting a little bit whipped up by it, which, you know, I can perhaps relate to sometimes. So, yeah, that's definitely worth a listen. Anger Management with Nick Clegg. Yeah, cool. So in next week's episode, we'll be hearing what happens when Sheila's case is investigated and when it eventually goes to trial. Did you choose to go in and listen? When the detective rang up and said they'll be coming in to give their verdict, we were all aware of how crucial this time was. Please join us on Tuesday the 8th of May for the concluding part of this backstory and for Backchat next Friday. We are very aware that we are in a run of heavy topics here. We won't apologise for them as they are such important stories, but we have got some lighter subjects in the pipeline. And if anyone knows of any swingers who are open to interview, we are very up for that. (laughs) Um, As ever, we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments about this in all the usual ways. We are the Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at the backstory pod on twitter thank you so much to everyone who has left reviews on apple podcasts it's a huge help keep them coming thanks also for the likes the retweets the shares it all adds up right we're off for a cuppa see you next week bye bye thanks again to our sponsor paula comiskey decorative artist If you're looking to create something unique in your home, then get in touch at paulacomiskey.com. Follow the link on our website. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.